On Monday, the Federal Appeals Court began to hear arguments about the travel ban. They focused heavily, many judges focused heavily on President Trump's comments that he made on the campaign trail when he talked about banning Muslims. Let me explain something. President Trump is so misunderstood by the Democrats and the media and even by a lot of the establishment, even by Republicans. They find him offensive. They find him vulgar. And when he talks about the Muslim ban and he says other things that are very direct, they can't handle it. And a lot of Republicans abandoned President Trump because they found him offensive to to, to, to their character. And here's the deal. What people love about President Trump, his supporters, his base, is that he's such a straight talker. He's so refreshing and that he stands up for what he believes is right. He's not politically correct. We're so used to the establishment candidates who say everything by a script and they're so afraid to say what's really on their mind and tell it like it is because they're going to offend somebody. So they just keep it so neutral and so bland and they never, ever bother to take a stand. President Trump, I'll grant you, look, he says things that are a little vulgar sometimes. They're not things that I would say. And sometimes it is offensive. But you know what? That doesn't make me turn away from him. See, that doesn't make me abandon him. The people who will let that make them abandon him, those people, like, they just, they can't separate between what he says and what he is and what he stands for. They, They look at the words that he uses sometimes. They're shocked by it. And I think he says it for the shock value. And they're shocked. And the tweets shock them. And they say, I can't go anywhere near this guy. And it's like, well, what's the big deal? You know, just appreciate the straight talk. Every once in a while, overlook, you know, a couple of things that he says that maybe are not in the best taste and maybe that you wouldn't have said. Uh, and, and, and look past that and look at how he's going to transform this country and how he's going to save us from the direction that we've been headed under Obama, which is basically plummeting toward the abyss. So, this is, it's the same deal with the Muslim ban. You know, he, he used the word Muslim ban. He's not anti-Muslim. He carried out that airstrike against Bashar al-Assad because he was trying to protect little Muslim kids who were being destroyed and gassed and, with chemical attacks by Bashar al-Assad. And he's a good man. And he says things he, he, not to be taken literally. That's what it is. You know, whether it's called it hyperbole, he, you know, he kind of just says it the simplest way. I think most of the time that's what it is. You know, it's easier to say Muslim ban than to start saying, well, it's a ban to try to protect people from countries that are sponsors of terror. Like, it's a Muslim ban. Boom. He says things very straight, very direct, very simply. And clearly and to the point, and a lot of times, you know, wiretapping, oh, did he wiretap? No, Obama didn't wiretap Trump. He meant that he was being surveilled. He was 100% right. Susan Rice was unmasking conversations that the Trump people and maybe Trump himself had with foreign officials. They were spying on Trump and his administration officials and his campaign officials. And he used the word wiretap in quotes, and everybody goes crazy because they take him so literally. You know, we live in the tweet, the Twitter age. Not, it just we, you got to say things shorthand, and that's what he does, and that's really important because it's so fundamental how the establishment is just so turned off by the guy, and those of us who understand him, and I really understand him where he's coming from. Uh, just it just doesn't bother us, and it doesn't phase us, and we look at it refreshing because he really is so straight talking, and and so, so he just tells it like it is, which is so rare, uh, especially amongst politicians. Now, I, you know. Why, why this travel ban? Remind us that this is the judges. You know, remind us why? Why these countries? Why'd you pick? Why'd you pick uh, uh, Syria? Why'd you pick Libya? Why'd you pick Iran and Yemen? Why, why didn't you pick? I don't know Denmark or Scotland or Sweden or Norway. How did you pick? What is it about these countries? About Libya and about Iran? Can you remind us again? Does it have to do with Islam or terror? Or, I just want to point out how insane it it is if if they end up. 
not allowing this travel ban to go through, that the President of the United States is not able to take these countries, which are cesspools of terror, they are riddled with terror networks like ISIS, Al-Shabaab, Al-Qaeda, and you have Iran sponsoring Hezbollah, and the President of the United States cannot say we are going to restrict travel from these countries because we don't have a good vetting process in place. And we need to take the time, set up a vetting process that actually works to make sure that there are not terrorists, trained terrorists, trained by professional, evil, deadly terror cells coming into this country claiming to be refugees or claiming to be immigrants. We have to make sure of this. We cannot take chances with our lives, with our national security. And you're going to have these judges saying, well, sorry, this is anti-Muslim, so the president is powerless. Let these people in. Let them through. Somehow our Constitution covers them, even though they're not American citizens or even residents. Let them in. And if, if they're terrorists in hiding... Well, then so be it. It's just a very, very shocking and scary state of affairs. We'll have to wait and see what happens here with these uh, court cases. Now, uh, I do want to talk about Sally Yates for a minute. I really don't want to talk about Sally Yates because this whole thing is just smoke and mirrors. It's unbelievable. There is nothing here. And I'll prove it to you. I, you know, I'm looking. I'm thinking, saying to myself, "Am I crazy?" Because I'm looking at the reports about Sally Yates's testimony to Senate, to the Senate. And of course, Sally Yates was the acting attorney. She was President Obama's attorney general, and President Trump kept her on as a holdover until she refused to enforce the travel ban, and then President Trump fired her. But she was also the one who told President Trump about Flynn, that Mike Flynn had spoken to Russians and had lied to Mike Pence, claimed that he didn't speak to Russians. Fine. Okay, wonderful. Now, the deal with Sally Yates is there, she, there's nothing. All she said, they're saying, well, what did she testify today to the Senate about the Russian hearing, the Russian probe? There is zero evidence about any collusion between President Trump and Russia. By the way, France, okay, Macron just won the election in France, right? Macron's uh, in, in, emails and servers and he, there was a ton of hacking. The Russians hacked into Macron's uh, campaign big time. I mean, big time hacking. Do you think the French are going to go and investigate for months? They're, do you think their their uh, parliament is going to investigate how the Russian hacking and what went on and how did it happen? It was their collusion uh, you know, between Le Pen and, 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 and Russia. I mean, give me a break. This is, this is the, the senators are grandstanding. I, I, mean, I just don't see any other way here. And, and President Trump tweeted that. He said, why are we wasting taxpayer dollars on this complete waste of time? There is no evidence of any wrongdoing except for Susan Rice. And we'll, we'll get to that in, give me one second. But Sally Yates said nothing. The, even these, these, the media, they're bending over backward. Well, here are the key points. And they keep saying the same thing. They were worried that Flynn was going to be blackmailed by the Russians. Flynn could be blackmailed because he lied and the Russians knew he lied. So Sally Yates had to do something and blackmail. And then then they start talking about other things that aren't even related to the Russian probe because a lot of the senators didn't even know what to ask. So they just asked her about Hillary Clinton's email servers. They asked her uh, about how she didn't enforce the travel ban, Ted Cruz asked her, which had nothing to do with why she was there. They didn't know what to ask her. And the media doesn't know what to write. Read the articles. And they're like stretching, trying to find something, anything, grasping at straws. There's nothing here. But the Senate started this investigation inexplicably about the Russian hacking. And now they have to keep it going or else they look foolish. They look silly. I I, I mean, look, if I'm wrong, email me, thejewishnewschannel at gmail.com. Leave a message. I'm told sometimes there isn't space, but leave a message on FNW. 
And uh, by the way, my name is Yaakov M. This is your kosher talk radio alternative. And we hope you're enjoying. But let me know if I'm wrong. But I see nothing here. The only, only wrongdoing was by Susan Rice, former national security advisor to President Obama, who we know uh, requested the unmasking of, of campaign officials, of President Trump's campaign officials. And as far as I'm aware, she had no legal reason to do that, to unmask and to ask for classified information like that about the Trump administration, about American citizens, to be revealed by the NSA. And I have no idea why they revealed it, but they did. And and guess what? Last Thursday, Friday, nobody noticed this. There were two major stories. That, but what was happening was the, the health care um, bill was passed last Thursday. So nobody noticed these two blockbuster stories. Well, we told you about one of them, and now we're going to tell you the other one. Susan Rice said, I'm not testifying. The Senate said, come testify because we want to hear, we want to ask you how you had a right to unmask American citizens' private information, how you had a right to spy on the Trump administration. And she said, no, I'm not coming. Now, why is that? Sally Yates came to testify. Others came to testify. Comey testified to, to in front of the Senate. Why is Susan Rice? Gee, coincidence? I mean, what does she have to hide exactly? And, and, and I hope that they subpoena her. And the other big story was that it was revealed that over 1,900 Americans were unmasked by the Obama administration in, in 2016. Over 1,900. Guess how many the year before? Something in uh, uh, under 600. Something in the 500s the, in 2015. In 2014 also, a much lower number. And before that, they didn't even keep any records. So all we know is 2014, 2015, under 600. Boom. 2016, Obama's last year in office when he was trying to grab as much power as he could and as much intelligence as he could, as much dirt on Trump and the Republicans, over 1,900. Somebody's got some explaining to do. All right, and finally, North Korea, there is this very, very scary report. Um, Dr. Vincent Pry is the chief of staff of the Congressional EMP Commission. That's an EMP is an electromagnetic pulse bomb. And I don't even understand it myself, but it's some kind of uh, explosion, which it's not a typical kind of explosion. As far as I'm aware, I don't even think it, it, it can kill somebody unless they're standing like right next to it, like right there. But what it does is it can actually, I think, put out electricity and it, it, it can just just completely destroy uh, all power and electricity, any, any electronic power device, any el- electric power device, not just electronic, it can destroy for maybe miles, tens of hundreds of miles, I think, uh, or maybe even more, depending on the size and the magnitude, on the power of this thing, it can knock out an entire city, paralyze a city. And I don't have to tell you how scary that is. Now there are reports that North Korea has two satellites that are circling. It, it, somehow, this Dr. Price says that from the the location of these satellites, they are located in, in, in the right place, at least it appears this way, to set off EMPs in strategic locations in the United States in large cities. Is this what Kim Jong-un is planning to do? Is this how he's planning to attack this country? An EMP could be devastating. It could knock out power for days, weeks, months. I just remember from you know uh, Hurricane Sandy, Superstorm Stan- Sandy, where once the power is knocked out, the gas stations don't operate. Gas stations don't operate. Trucks can't travel. Can't deliver basic things like water and uh, and other basic needs. So it could literally be devastating and 
God forbid, it can it can be deadly. And it's a really, really scary thing. Again, I, I say, can we just take him out? I, I have a question. Can we take out Kim Jong-un and all of his nuclear scientists? You remember how back in Iran when the nuclear deal, it might, not nuclear deal, I'm sorry, their nucle- the nuclear program was in full swing. It might still be for all we know, but officially it's not. But when it was in full swing, every once in a while, uh, an, an Iranian nuclear engineer would be driving in his car innocently along and two motorcyclists dressed in complete black would drive up alongside either side of his car and boom, there was an explosion. They shot out missiles or who knows what. Boom, the car exploded and no more uh, no more nuclear engineer. And that happened nu- on numerous occasions and Israel and the Mossad never officially took credit for it. But who do you think carried that out? And uh, of course, that was designed not just to get rid of those engineers, but to scare the rest of them off. Um, you wonder if they could just do that if the CIA or somebody could just take out the the entire uh, you know nuclear engineering crew in North Korea. So you wonder. And look, Kim Jong Un keeps arresting and uh, basically ho- holding these Americans hostage, claiming that they're CIA agents who are trying to assassinate him. And I look, I don't blame him for thinking that and being paranoid. But you wonder if maybe there's actually some truth to it. And uh, what does he expect? I mean, the C- he's, he's begging for the CIA to take him out.